Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Scott is sitting in front of me, and we are ready to go for another week. Well, the most exciting piece of news of the last few days is the fact that we have received word that we are allowed back into the stadium to support our club. How exciting is this, Scotty? I'm super excited. Um, the one thing missing on my weekend is actually going to the game. You know me, win, lose, or draw. If we're meant to win by 50 or lose by 50, I'm in the grandstands if I can, if I can, if I can be there. So I'm super pumped. What about you? I'm so excited. In fact, despite the recent form, I don't think I've ever been this excited to go to a game. And obviously, I've been to a lot of games, finals, first round ones, um, grand finals, but not being able to go to a game since round one, which I looked up today, is 16 weeks ago. <laughs> I can't wait to get out there and be within the Bulldogs community once again. Damn, 16 weeks ago. It has felt like a lifetime ago. I remember re-watching that game again, just to see what it looked like with uh, a, what a crowd looks like. And yeah... 16 weeks ago, and that was an away game, too, for us. So, haven't been to a Bulldogs game this year, unfortunately. We'll be able to see our good friend, Steve Allen. A friend of the <laughs> podcast, of course. Stevie? Yes. <laughs> Hello to Steve, if you're listening. Now, if you are listening and thinking to yourself, how can I go? Well, we're recording this on Tuesday night, and it's being released on Wednesday, but 2020 members who have pledged their support, so those members who have donated their fees to the club, and not ask for a refund during the COVID period, have received emails on how to claim your tickets for this week's game. That is exclusive for those members until 12pm Wednesday. After 12pm, members can still claim their tickets, uh, but it can't be guaranteed that uh, the club will be able to accommodate you because of the 7,500 crowd cap for this week's game. So make sure you email the club. Got to get on top of it. Let's make, a, I suppose, a packed, well, not packed, but a full... Capacity crowd of 7,500 against South. Make it blue and white. Paint it blue and white. One-eyed crowd. Let's get behind our boys and cheer them to a win. Well, it'll have to be blue, white, and grey because of the seats. <laughs> Thank West. Um, there are some rules, of course. It's just the general COVID rules. 1.5 metre gap between you and anyone else outside of your travelling group to get to the game. Uh, you can only sit in the allocated rows, no mixing with other groups, and keeping to yourself, uh, keeping yourself clean throughout the day. So, Scotty, you got anything else to add to that? Yeah. Probably best to shower just before the game, I reckon, to keep yourself clean throughout the day. What do you reckon? I reckon we should move on. Now, the other bit of exciting news is we found out over the weekend that Luke Thompson has made his way out of quarantine. He's made his way out of that cesspit that is the state of Victoria and is driving his way up to meet with his new teammates and join the squad. I'm glad it happened this week because I'm fearful. I mean, I think the COVID cases have gone up again dr drastically in Victoria. So I thought they might have actually put another 14-day quarantine in for people travelling from Victoria. I thought Luke might have been whacked twice with a quarantine period. That's how bad Victoria's going. Well, Queensland's done that. Queensland's well, put a 14-day quarantine period for anybody from Victoria including sports teams. So if a sports team from Queensland plays a Victorian team, it goes back to Queensland. It's a 14-day quarantine period. And if a Victorian team comes to Queensland, it's a 14-day uh, quarantine period. Ooh, that's going to be interesting for the AFL because I know Melbourne's already moved. The Storm have moved to the Sunshine Coast and they'll play home games out of Suncorp for the foreseeable future. Um, the Melbourne yeah. Rebels have moved to Sydney. 
Oh, the ACT. I think I've heard that. Um, yeah, all the sports that are getting back, all the Melbourne teams have left, but the AFL have, what, nine, ten AF Victorians? I don't know. Nine or ten, but... I think um, Gladys was just waiting for Luke to get to the Bulldogs before putting in these caps on the quarantine for the Victorian people. Just giving us a hand, I reckon. She goes, the Bulldogs need a hand. I'm not going to be harsh. Well, it will. You make an interesting point. It will be interesting to see what happens to um to the AFL with that regards. They're going to have to move all the teams out of Victoria. Is that viable? Is that able? Is that a competition able to finish the season? What what a blow that be to the AFL if they have to uh, pull the pin on the season fully and the NRL keeps going. Well, it would it would be weird because, like you said, what nine, ten, eight, at least eight teams are from Victoria. So that's half their tort- half their comp, putting them somewhere else, and keeping them funded and in a hotel for so long, and all the other it costs what all add up at the end of the day, to get that happening. That's going to cost a fortune. When for luckily for us, we only had the New Zealand Warriors and the Melbourne Storm, so we've only got the two teams who are unable to be at home, where they've got pretty much half their comp who can't be at home. Well, that's just the Victorian teams. I think I heard that the two WA teams are also on the Gold Coast or something as well. So, anyway, that's enough talk about the AFL. We don't, we don't like to talk about that sport on here. Um, all right, let's uh, talk about last week, shall we? Do we have to? Well, i, I got to say, it's probably not as bad as the week before. Anyway, despite the scoreline, <laughs> the Bulldogs went down 34 points to six. That makes me sorry. The Bulldogs went down 34 points to 6 at Bank West Stadium on Sunday night. We opened the scoring in the 17th minute for Remus Smith after a very tight and even contest for the first 15 minutes. I had the feeling, Scotty, that the team who scored first would be able to score multiple tries quickly if they were able to gain control of the momentum of the game. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be as the Tigers scored two minutes later to equal the scores and then went on to gain the uh, control of the momentum from there. Yeah, they've scored seven tries. Um, I'm just going to say thank goodness for Moses M by being off with the boot, which is not unusual for him. But three from seven with the boot it made the, the scoreboard look better for the Bulldogs than what it actually was. Um, geez, once they scored, they couldn't stop. Yeah, it was that type of game. Like I said, I thought the team that scored first would be able to ride the momentum and score. Um, quite a few points on the opposition. Uh, we were the team that scored first, so I was super excited. And um, after the after the first try to Remus Smith, I was like, all right, we've got to ride this momentum now, and that lasts less than two minutes. No, yeah, it was... I don't... Uh, I was so disappointed. That second half felt like I went for... felt like I was watching four games in one. That second half just wouldn't end. It was a long second half. The Bulldogs did it rough, though, with injuries, losing Will Hopawadi at fullback after only four minutes. Jake Avrilio went for a HIA after 57 minutes and didn't return, which meant multiple players had to play out of position. Kieran Holland was forced onto the wing. Jeremy Marshall-King out of the centres. Jack Cogger played 76 minutes in the hooker role. Adam Elliott also found himself in the centres after losing Avrilio as well. Damn, a lot of people... <laughs> That has to be one of the worst centre combinations in the Bulldogs' history. No disrespect to Jeremy Marshall King or Adam Elliott, but for them to end up there playing a, a chunk uh, of the game there. Yeah. I actually hadn't thought of it that way before. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll pick a the worst per team. Maybe that would be our sort of pairing, unfortunately. That's no disrespect to the quality of those two players. So uh, after that loss, uh, I actually did highlight a few players that I wanted to talk about. And again, the first one will come with no surprise if you're a regular listener. I just want to highlight one of Aiden Tolman's efforts. It's actually on Harry Grant's try. I don't know if anyone picked this up. Tolman was chasing the ball back in the inside, and he bounced off Dallin Martini Zelezniak, and he still got to Harry Grant, even though he did score. I think that's effort like that you've got to highlight with the team. That a prop chasing it to the very, very last second always and like just he always does it. And I was surprised he bounced off Dallin, then he turned himself around to make a tackle effort on Harry Grant. And I was thinking if he didn't bounce off Dallin, he might have got a better shot. But I just want to highlight his enormous amount of effort on energy. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that we expect from Tom. And he uh, also had 15 runs for 125 metres, 38 tackles as well. Again, one of the top three performing players in the pack. Well, no missed tackles, again. He just zero missed tackles on his name. There you go. I also highlighted uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner, 14 runs, 132 metres, which was the most metres gained for ours, for our club, and 39 tackles. Just outdoing yeah. uh, Tom and there a little bit. <laughs> good uh, good metres by Raymond. He's been good at playing long minutes. He's been good on the uh, edge. Yeah, he's been really good since they put him out on the edge. Uh, Adam Elliott, 14 runs, 124 metres uh, and 47 tackles, but maybe the most interesting stat, 61 post-contact metres, the highest in the team. Yeah, he just doesn't uh, doesn't really stop. He's been taking that lock spot, and now he's playing the whole game. Before, I remember last year, I thought, there's no way this guy can play 50 minutes, let alone 80, week in and week out, and he's starting to do that, and he's, he's the quality he's producing throughout the whole 80 has been solid. It's been good, the whole 80. All right, did you have anybody else? Actually, well, I wanted to highlight Remus Smith back on the wing, where I prefer Remus to be playing. He had 19 runs for 156 metres, 54 post-contact metres, one tackle break and a try, of course, the running through. I thought he looked more dangerous on the wing. Did you say 156 metres? Yeah. Wasn't that too more... Must have got my uh, stats wrong with Fatal. I was just looking at the pack. Um, well, there you go. Yeah, it's more than Fatal Mariner. Well, yeah, Fatal Mariner highest in the pack. That's what you meant. Um, but I just wanted to highlight that. Unfortunately, I know we'll go into next week. Or we'll go into the next week. Well, this week's game shortly. But off the wing already. I thought he played his best game of the season by far. His best game, and he's on the wing, and now he gets shifted to the center. I actually want to highlight Dean Britt who only played the 25 minutes, he made four runs for 51 metres, uh, 22 post-contact metres, and 22 tackles in 25 minute, minutes of game. Uh, I just remember highlight this one of those runs he was running. He just looked like he... There was a few runs he was running. He was just uh, pumping those legs. He had the, uh, the right attitude, just trying to make it impossible to stop him. Um, there's not much more you can ask for someone who's played 25 minutes in a prop role. Alrighty, I think it's time for Player of the Week. Uh, you take it away. I've gone two points with a player who played out of position and who didn't even make the 17 this week, Jack Cogger. Like you said, he played 76 minutes, uh, replacing Will Hopper-Wadi off the uh, the early injury Hopper had. Um, 
Seven runs for 60 metres, 18 post-contact metres, a tackle break, and 53 tackles, the most tackles by any Bulldog. There you go. I was quite surprised about that one when you told me just before recording that we went with Jack Conger. Uh, who got the one point for yourself? Uh, I've won the one point for Adam Elliott. Like you highlighted before, he's played the full game. He's uh, 14 runs for 124 metres. You said the one thing that got me is that 61 post-contact metres. Just insane. It's a superhuman effort. Well, it- it's very, uh, like, it's no Tamalolo, but it's very, very strong effort. Um, I also went one point for Adam Elliott. Uh, won't talk too much more about him. I think we covered that pretty well. But I gave my two points to Raymond for Tyler Mariner. So, played, a, played a really good game, Raymond, that we mentioned earlier. <laughs> that's right. And that actually puts Raymond onto our board for the first time. Um, I'll do the top three after... Those points are collected. Elliot gets a bonus point as well. The top three looks like this. First, Aiden Tolman on seven points. Kieran Foran on six points. And Adam Elliott on five points. Breaking into the top three. See, those bonus points are important. <laughs> Tolman will tell you that. <laughs> Alrighty, and of course, we've still got rounds one and two to go. Actually, to be perfectly honest, Scott's already... Uh, put in his points for rounds one and two. I'm just on the round one. I've got a bit busy lately and uh, I've got a bit slack. I haven't watched round two yet. I must say, though, before we go into next week and all that, with Cogger, the reason I'm surprised that you're surprised that I picked him. I don't know if anyone followed me on there that I'm surprised of yours being surprised that Cogger, he looked like a hooker. He actually looked like a genuine number nine. Yeah, maybe I was just over disappointed by the fact that uh, the way we lost and we had Put four or five players out of position, and I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving him enough credit. He just looked dangerous. I mean, I know we didn't score any points, and he didn't have those cool try assists, or you know, you know, a good line like a line break assist or anything. But he just looked like he was when he was put in that position. Imagine him going into game day preparing probably for what 15, 20 minutes off the bench at hooker. Four minutes in, you're told get on the field. You're playing hooker for the rest of the game. Yeah, well, it's, it's hard to know how he was actually going to be used if it wasn't for the injury. He could have came on for, like, halfback for the last 15 minutes of the game. Uh, the way we've used, I suppose, that utility role off the bench has varied greatly this year. And again, it varies this week, but we'll talk about that, seven, the actual 21-man squad name today, a little bit later in the podcast. That's right, but before we do, it is news time. Bulldogs in the lose this week. Will Hopawati will miss six to eight weeks uh, through his ankle injury. Uh, the Bulldogs are reportedly chasing two Canberra Raiders players. Have you heard about this one? I heard about Bateman, but who's the... Is it Kotrick? Nick Kotrick, the next one? Yeah, Nick Kotrick. What do you think? Uh, well, the report says we're after John Bateman, who I actually thought had already signed with the Wigan Warriors for next year, so not sure how much to believe it. Uh Nick Kotrick has played set of origin for New South Wales previously, but I thought he's been a little bit disappointing overall this season. Yeah, he hasn't made his name like he has before, but I'm not too sure if I want Jordan Bateman. The way he's uh, handled exiting Canberra, just uh, I don't know if that's the right culture you want to bring to the club. Um, I don't know. Hopefully I'm wrong. If he does come, I mean, I welcome him in, but I'm just a bit concerned. He'll certainly add something, but you're right. I'm a bit concerned about that too. I think we have spoken about that previously as well. Uh, in other news, the Bulldogs are apparently favourites to side Jackson Hastings. Do you remember Jackson, Scotty? I remember Jackson. I've been watching him over in the Super League. Uh, interesting. 
Didn't he? Wasn't he the one who had a fight with Cherry Evans? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he's uh, currently playing for the Wigan Warriors, and also uh, I think he just signed for Wigan this year. Uh, he was playing for Salford before then. Uh, he has a clause in his contract to leave for the NRL, and although Wigan want to keep him, they have given him a deadline to make a decision. The New Zealand Warriors are the other club who is in the running for his signature, but it's believed he wants to be closer to family in Sydney. He has previously played 34 games for the Roosters before going to Manly and playing 13 games there before leaving the club after a rumoured falling out with, you guessed it, Scotty, Daly Cherry Evans, which uh, makes him a favourite of mine already. Uh, I, was about also... to, I was about to say that. Um, I like him. I think he's a good football player. Um, he'd probably come as a cheaper half too, seeming that he's still very young and uh, hasn't played much NRL, but he's been really good in the Super League. He's turned he turned himself into a really competitive side, and he's took looking him to good the at grand win. final. Yeah, took him yeah. to the grand final in their in their like uh, like constant cellar dwellers in that competition over there. He's a. He, I reckon he's just a talented footballer. He's just a you know a genuine footballer. You can put him at hooker as well, and he'll play his part. He's definitely a halfback. He's definitely in the half. He should be in the halves. And uh, do we need a half? Yeah, we do. I think Jackson's got all this, the uh, the tricks in the bag to be a really good halfback in the NRL as well as he was in the Super League. So I'm I'm all for this Jackson Hastings signature. It'll be interesting. He's always shown talent coming through the, uh, the lower grades, but I think he, over in the Super League he's learnt uh, maturity and how to lead the side around. So um, it'd be good to see him come back and try to crack at the NRL. Yeah, bring hopefully, him in. Hopefully he's a good fit for the Dogs if he comes here. He's also the son of Kevin Hastings. He played 239 games for the Sydney Roosters, uh, probably the Eastern Suburbs Roosters back then. Uh, he played centre 5'8", halfback, hooker, and lock. I reckon positions Jackson can cover. He's just that good of a football player, I reckon. He's just a footballer. 100% I think uh, Jackson could cover those positions as well. 5'8", uh, halfback, hooker, definitely. Uh, probably, he's, he's a biggish halfback, so I think he'd do okay at lock. And, uh, he's got some speed as well, so centre he might be okay at. Is there anything there that I've missed, Scotty? No, you got it all covered. Um, maybe just the Luke Thompson did his first training session this this morning with the club and got to actually meet the players face-to-face. Man, he'd be feeling good going, walking around outside being to the being stuck in that Melbourne hotel. And then plus, they had to drive back up from Melbourne to Sydney on Sunday. Yeah, you can see all the photos on the Bulldogs' social media accounts on the photos with all the big things. The big merino, the tucker box, all that sort of stuff. He didn't look too small against it, did he? <laughs> we'll see how, how big he looks on the field on Sunday. And um, we're well, speaking about Sunday, 6.30pm, we're up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Bring your jackets as we take on the, our Easter rivals and watch our club turn it around. We will win in front of our fans. Oh, big call, big call. You're sounding very confident. <laughs> in reality, I think a lot uh, depends on Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker. When those two are on, as much as I dislike Cody Walker, but when those two are on, Souths do well. But if if Latrell Mitchell has an off game like last week, it gives us a few opportunities. It's not a it's not a foregone conclusion. I think we could jag one. That's where I think I'm a bit fearful that they had a bad game last week. So I think they'll be due to turn one around. They've been very inconsistent this year, Souths. When they're on, they're on. When they're off, they're off. And I think they had a bad one last week, so I think they want to turn that around. And I think they will. I think you're especially right with Latrell Mitchell. If he has like a super good game, 
it's lights out straight away for us. And I actually fear that's going to actually happen, unfortunately. Yes, well, maybe we'll see some good football either way. It might be disappointing, but it might be some good football. <laughs> hey, we're live at the stadium. That's we're it. There. We're there. Yeah. I'm super excited to uh, get out there. Win, lose, or draw. Um, especially that uh, person that messaged me during the week. Uh, I, I put a tweet out saying, uh, super excited to get to the game. And someone messaged back straight away going, have you watched the game's last couple of weeks? Well, uh, yeah, mate, well, I have. Not, I not, in person. not in person you haven't. No, no, not, not in person. But um, win, lose, or draw, I am proud to be a Bulldog. I don't know about you, mate. Anyway, let's go into the lineup, Scotty. Okay, I'll run through them this week. It's usually your job, but I'll take it away. At fullback is Dallin Watelli Zalesniak. The wingers are both returning wingers, Nick Meany and Christian Crichton. Centre, Remus Smith. But his first game from a serious leg injury, and the other centre is Monsella Montoya. 5'8", Kieran Foran. Halfback, Braden Wakeham. At prop, Aidan Tolman, and he's partnered by Dylan Harper. Hooker is Jeremy Marshall-King. Second row and captain is Josh Jackson. The other second row, Raymond Vitale Mariner. Locking the scrum, Adam Elliott. On the interchange bench, number 14, Kieran Holland. Number 15, against his old club, Dean Britt. Number 16, Renoff Tuamanga. 17, Suwaso Su. And the four reserves, Ofiki Ogden, number 19. Jack Cogger, number 20. Number 21, the England international and recruit, Luke Thompson. And number 22, Sienna Katoa. All right. So, uh, Marcelo Montoya coming back from two injuries, uh, a serious knee injury, and then a hamstring earlier this season. Uh, Luke Thompson, do you reckon he'll play? Oh, I actually think he's going to play, but would I play him? Not, no chance this week. I wouldn't play him at all. Yeah, I'd probably give him two weeks if we had the the opportunity to do so before he plays a game, but I could see him running straight out onto the field. I reckon he would come in. For either Sawaso Sue or Dean Britt in a late inclusion on the bench. All right, you heard it first. Uh, a couple of things out of this game. Dylan Napa plays his 150th NRL match. Congrats to Dylan Napa. Hope he pulls a good one out, though. And I know I said a couple of things, but that's the only thing we got here after talking about the injuries and Luke Thompson and all that previously already. Um, start of the week, Scott? Yeah, I think it's start of the week. All right, and... Uh, Start of the week this time for the first time ever goes to a player not in our team. Damien Cook has had 57 dummy half runs this season and he leads the way for the entire NRL. That's 18 more than his next nearest rival. The former Bulldog, well, we're going to have to watch him out dummy half. Scotty, no set resets. Oh, we give him set resets. Damien Cook running. Imagine Latrell Mitchell coming through the middle. Uh, you know, you got the speedy wingers. Oh, we're in some strife if uh, we do some set resets. Damien Cook will be licking his lips. What do you think about Damien Cook? A lot of people say um, the Bulldogs are made a mistake letting him go. Do you subscribe to that way of thinking, or do you think he's a little bit overrated, which is the other the other major opinion out there? I think he's been disappointed this season. Um, when, he was com- when he was coming through off the bench and replacing Leach for the few games, he was definitely the best hooker we had at the club. Um, yeah, well, I'd... Michael uh, had a way of making other players look good. Burn. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> well, um, I think in our current state, if we put Damian Cook in our 17, our squad would improve. We 
we out of our current best hooker, Cook is better than that. However, this year alone, or maybe the last two years, he hasn't been as good as he as he like he had that career best form when he was when Souths were running through. He ran through Melbourne, made Cameron Smith look bad, but uh, he hasn't persisted at the high level. So, would I still take Damien now? Yes, I would. But um, yeah, so it's pretty much a fence sitting answer. All right, and with that, it's time for Old Dog. Um, this week, I've gone with an interesting old dog. I usually like to bring my links in, so I've decided to pick a real winner. Someone who's... Wins. Roy Aztazi. No, 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 this has got no links, but that would have been a good one. <laughs> so this old dog played a game for the St. George Dragons in 1995, before coming to the Bulldogs in 96 to 98. Then going into the Super League, playing for Gateshead and Hull FC before returning back to the club in 2002-2006. He featured in two grand finals, the loss to the Brisbane Broncos in 98 and the grand final win against the Sydney Roosters. He's the lobster. He's Tony Grimaldi. He played for St. George. Yeah, one game in 95. I had no idea about that at all. <laughs> Who did you think I was going with when I said he played for St. George? For the first time, I had no no idea whatsoever. Gateshead threw me off. Hull threw me off. I don't know where you were going with that at all, mate. Well, I've picked him. This want to hear some fun things why I picked him. At 119 games for the Bulldogs, which is, of course, the 96 to 98 stint, and then 2002 to 2006, he, he won 80 of those games. That gives him a winning percentage of 66.7% with the club. That's enormous. I've just pulled him up on rugbyleagueproject.org and have a look here. And uh, they've got it at 67.23%, Scotty, with 80 wins, 37 losses, and two draws. I didn't say 66. Well, 66.23. 67.23. Well, I've just minus him a percent. We don't want to get Tony's head too big if he does listen. But, okay, 67, we'll say 67%. over 67% winning record. That's enormous. How many players can retire with, at that at a club playing 119 games, over 100 games, and winning with a 67% win record? Uh, like I said, he featured in the grand final loss against Brisbane, unfortunately. It was not a, not a great game to remember, but he did come back to the Bulldogs, and he was the number 13 against the Roosters to win the 2004 grand final. He played nine finals matches for the Bulldogs with seven wins. That's a 77 or almost 78% winning record yeah. in finals games. And then when he played 29 games for Gateshead, 10 tries for 19 wins at 65% winning rate. And then 60 games for Hull FC between 2000, ooh, 2001 or 2000, 2001 with 33 wins at 55%. Yeah, that is a- insane. He's a winner. Uh, all successful sides have a player like Tony. Uh, workhorse, uh, no nonsense, gets through their work, totally underrated. But in the end of the day, the backbone of their team. If When I think about Tony Grimaldi, I think of players like David Stagg, Michael Luck, Simon Mannering. Just the real players that when you're in a team, Pure when you're in that team, footballers you... that worth their arse off. Yeah, you got Aiden Tolman in the current team. This current Bulldog side, he just works his backside off with no record, like no credit from the media or anyone. Um, he's 
man, you're just someone when you looked in the sheds, I would say that you looked in the sheds and you saw Tony and you know if win lose or win lose or draw, Tony worked his like you said, his backside off and you ne- you know that it wasn't his efforts what caused the loss. He was that type of player who did everything for a win and no matter the score or anything, hundred percent hundred and ten percent was the minimum standard by Tony Grimaldi. Well, as we just heard, it wasn't uh, many losses in there, so Well that's because Tony that. Tony is the winner, yeah. So those are players in the sheds who you look across and they make you want to play better because they will never let you down, so you never want to let them down. And that's the player, like you said, all good sides have them, that someone who just never gets the credit they deserve. But you know when you when you kid up next to him, you're running, walking across the sheds before a big game and you look at Tony, you, it, it gives you an extra lift to have someone like Tony Grimaldi in your side. 100%. All righty, Scotty, have you got anything else for this week's episode before we start to wrap up? Yeah, well, it's still on Tony Gamotti. He's the 43rd most capped Bulldogs player, by the way. So top 50. And my favourite memory has to be that one-on-one strip against Carmichael Hunt. In 2006, I believe it was. The Lobster. Carmichael had no idea what happened to the ball (laughs) at all, did he? He's completely lost. That's that's all I got for Tony Gamotti. All right, Scotty. uh, I'll let you tell people how to get in contact. Uh, with us through the socials, and then uh, we'll wrap up. So if you like your tweet or you're following us on Twitter, give us a tweet on NRL Bulldogs fans. Instagram, give us a message or a gram, I guess, at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Like an email. The, I think the kids are calling it Insta. Insta. It's, it's, it's not cool to call it Instagram. It's uh, at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans on Insta. On Insta, okay, so on Insta, again, just putting that Insta at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans, and then... Well, people are a bit older. (laughs) (laughs) Flick us an email if you're, I don't know, if you're an old person, I guess, nrlbulldogs.fans at (laughs) gmail.com. If you're an old person, (laughs) email us. What? (laughs) Well, apparently, I don't know what the Instagram thing was. The Insta. I had Insta. no idea what you... No idea. I never heard of that. That's why I came up with the Graham and then I thought, oh, that sounds like a drug reference. Actually, no, that's a thing too, I think. I think it's either Insta or the Graham. Oh, I'm learning so much. This podcast the, has changed to a learning one. Yeah, the Graham is different to buying a Graham. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, we might have to put right. a, uh, a rating thing for this episode. <laughs> drug references may be included. Oh, jeez. All right, let's wrap up. Uh, now that you uh, know how to contact us... Um, We'll end this episode on a question this week. During these hard times, what makes you stick it out and makes you be proud to be a Bulldog? We look forward to hearing your answers throughout the week. Uh, we'll put them out on the on the Twitter, on the Gram as well. And uh, uh, whatever you... We'll look forward to listening to your answers and we'll talk about them next week. Goodbye. See ya.